Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Today is our special guest day, where we will hear from a friend of the ministry who will share their insight and stories on truth in this chaotic world. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, good morning, everybody. This is Guest Thursday, and we have some very special guests, uh, which are actually friends of yours. Uh, Kathy, why don't you uh, introduce them, um, Eddie and Miriam, and uh, introduce them, then we'll, we'll have them uh, share their, some of their story with us. Yeah, so we are excited to have Eddie and Miriam on with us today. They are dear friends of Dan's and mine, and um, we go to church with them at Netcast down in Danvers, Mass, and Eddie's on staff there. Um, I don't want to steal too much of their thunder, but they are amazing and they have just a beautiful story to share and watching them walk with God. um, It's just incredible. And the way they inspire others around them, also a beautiful thing. So I'm not going to say a whole lot more. I'm just going to let them share. Um, They are new parents. I'll tell you that of the cutest little baby that when I can steal the snuggles from, I do. Great. He and you're, you're from uh, Danvers, Ma- Massachusetts. Is that uh, north of Boston? Where is that? Yeah, it's um, maybe 15 minutes north of Boston. Okay. Uh, 20 minutes, like 30 minutes from the airport. So, yeah. Yeah. Great. It's part of what's known as the North Shore of Boston. Yeah. Um, there's kind of a whole region there that's considered the North Shore. And God's doing some pretty cool things out there. Great. How old is your, how old yeah. is, how old is your baby? Uh, he's three months today, actually. Yeah. So we're new, new. new. <laughs> is this, is this yeah. your is this your first child? Or you have several. This is our first, actually. Oh, cool. um, so he's our boy, first everything, um, and it's been truly a joy to have him. Um, yeah, it's been awesome to yeah. be new parents. And I thank God every morning that I lost my hair before I lost all the sleep, so it was one less thing I had to worry about. <laughs> That's well, awesome. we'd, we'd love to uh, uh, hear your story, and we'd like to start with if, if each of you could share, how did you come uh, to know Christ individually? You want to go first? Yeah. Uh, sure. So um, I'm Mary Martinez, and I came to know Christ when I was 14 and then again in 18, and I'll kind of explain a little bit of the difference there. Um so I grew up in a pretty dysfunctional family. Um, my household was a single single parent household. My father kind of popped in and out and stuff like that. But um, mainly my mother raised me and my uh, two older brothers. And um, I we moved around a lot. Like I noticed at a pretty young age, like from the age of five, we moved several different places. Like we moved to Lynn, Salem, Peabody. We moved to New Jersey, Rhode Island, like all over the place. I think I've been to like eight schools eight different schools um in my childhood and um when i was in lynn specifically um there was a family like my uncle and aunt and my cousins um they used to go to church and we used to go with them while my mom was like trying to find a home um when we first moved um to massachusetts and i just remember loving it there i remember like being a little kid i was like seven and like just genuinely loving being at church and like just having fun and things like that and i was also with my cousin who's my best friend and like we would just have a lot of fun and when we moved out of Massachusetts, every summer I would come back 
to Lynn um, and hang out with them and like spend time with that family. And again, I would be kind of going with that family and going to church. And it was just um, joyful. Like I felt a lot of joy and a lot of peace that I realized I didn't have at home. Cause I, I definitely saw a lot of chaos. A lot of my family on my mom's side is like partier. There's like a huge family. Like my mom is one out of 13 kids. So they would have like celebrations and parties all the time, which seemed fun. But like behind the, the scenes, I would see like the older I got, I'm like, there's a lot of um, dysfunction. There like people would drink and get, um, and become like very aggressive. And, um, and like very quickly, I was like, yeah, that's not the life that I wanna live. Um, so at the age of 13, um, I convinced my mom after my brothers, my brothers are older, after my brothers moved out, it was just me and my mom. And at the age of 13, I convinced her, I was like, hey, can we move back to Massachusetts? Cause that's where I found the most peace um knowing that it was because of the church that i was attending and i convinced her somehow i don't even know how <laughs> but i convinced her to move that's um, a god thing right there <laughs> and um and ironically she wouldn't go to church but i would i would always go again with my cousins and stuff like that and at that time i accepted jesus as my savior um but i realized i was only doing it because i wanted to be kind of like a good girl right because again i saw the dysfunction and chaos and i know i didn't want to do that so i was like let me try this good girl church thing <laughs> so um i accepted jesus as my savior like when i was like 13 14 in high school and i was doing the good girl thing but i was i realized a lot of it um back then was like work-based faith but it's like i, I can mm. um i have to earn my salvation like i have to um, if I do anything wrong, like God is going to be displeased with me. I never knew of a, a really loving father. Um, it was very like fire and brimstone, uh, old Testament. <laughs> um, I knew, I know a lot of old Testament actually because of it, um, which is beneficial now, but back then without a lot of context in the gospel, <laughs> not, it's not great. So, um, so yeah, I think around the age of 13, 14, I accepted Jesus. Um, and I still had a lot of anxiety and depression. Um, and yeah. And I just remember thinking that I'm like, I know I'm supposed to like, this is better than what the other path is, but like, it just doesn't feel as joyful. Um, and it wasn't until I want to say I was right about to go to college and I was going to move into Gordon college for my first year in dorm. And I was going to be like, all right, like I'm going to a Christian college, but like, I have to make this faith of my own because a lot of the things that I would do was mainly for like outside people. So people would again, see me as that good girl. And, um, around 18, I started like reading my Bible a lot, a lot more and just being like, all right, if I'm going to make this faith my own, what does that look like? Like I keep hearing about God from my pastor, but I don't really know him, like not from myself. And I keep uh, uh, having this understanding from someone else instead of my own perspective. So I started reading the Bible. Um, and God genuinely came alive in many different ways. Um, it was the first time that I realized that I, I, I had a perception of God in my mind of who he was. And I wasn't, I wasn't following who the true genuine, like Abba was. Um, so when I started, that's good. Um, when I started reading, like when I started reading my Bible and knowing more of who God is and his character and like all of his wholeness was like what became beautiful because he is holy and like that's where the old testament like really shows you that but then there's like this beautiful fa loving father who pursues you um and also a book that also genuinely opened my eyes was um the explicit gospel by matt chandler and that again that was the first time that like i realized 
that I was like, oh, even if I'm not saved, God is a good God. Like there was this concept of it's outside of me, like regardless of like me, because it's not about me, it's genuinely about God. Um, like he's still good, he's still holy and all that kind of complexity um, of it. And I think that's when I was like, oh, um, Jesus was my savior, but at 18, he became my Lord. And mm-hmm. that's when I like genuinely started following yeah. him. And um, yeah, and it's been a journey ever since. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when you were when you were 18, uh, where were you uh, uh, then in terms of were you just finishing high school and what what's what uh, city were you living in then? So at that time I was living in Lynn and my mother had decided since I was moving into Gordon College, which is in Wenham, about like 30 minutes away. Yeah. Uh, she decided to move to Delaware. So again, like I was like on my own for the first time mm-hmm. in college. I was at a Christian college, which did help a little bit, right? Like I didn't yeah. go buck wild. Um, and I think that was the pivotal time of me deciding that I'm like, all right, like I'm away from my mother. I'm away from like my old church and like how they saw me as a good girl. Yeah. Like I do define that character of who I am. Um, and if I really believe this, so yeah. yeah. Good, good. All right, great. Beautiful story. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, Eddie, you want to uh, share with us your story? Yeah, I don't think I ever really made the connection of like the parallels in our story. Really? Yeah. Like, I knew- <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm listening to her share and I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. Um, so, very similar. Uh, by the time I was in ninth grade, I'd gone to eight or nine different schools. Um, mm. Very nomadic upbringing. Um, my parents uh had a very um there's a lot of turmoil in their marriage and so it was it was always this like emotional survival mode uh everyone was bunkering down waiting for the next blowout explosion Mm. um but uh we always lived together for the most part um besides a couple of seasons and so i grew up with both parents um but a lot of uh emotional kind of stress in the house um but going to I mean I had I was born in Salem uh, which is North Shore Boston and then uh, lived in Texas for five years came back around middle school lived and grew up in Lynn middle school high school Um, and so in that it wasn't just like regional moving there were just inner city moving inner city moving schools or whatever and what I learned was um, I was I was pretty good at making friends right like I, I was I got really good at finding the cafeteria table to sit at. <laughs> but Eddie's I, a likable guy. <laughs> yeah. But um I didn't understand like long-term friendships. I didn't understand what it meant to hold on to a relationship over the long period and the only long-haul relationship I had seen um was very uh unstable in a lot of ways and so um by the time I was in middle school, I was in high school, I was kind of longing for some of that stability and I found it in a lot of relationships. Um, I found it in um, uh, friendships, uh, but my friendships were very one-sided. It was what I could get from you. And so some of these friendships, um, they were in gangs. Some of them were drug dealers. I grew up kind of in that world, in that environment, and really began to find identity in that. That was the society that accepted me in a lot of ways. Um, And it was interesting because I could sit with 
you know, AP honor students and have a conversation and hang out with them and felt very much at home. And I could sit with kids that were selling drugs and kids that were fighting after school and, you know, the bullies and like, just felt like, yeah, I was one of them as well. And um, at home, I was always brought up with um, like a Christian morality, like the like desire to be a good person, fight your best to be a good person. My grandmother was a minister in the church. My dad grew up in a Pentecostal church, mm-hmm. um, but re- walked away from it when he was young. Um, and so I, I grew up kind of with all the hot topics, right? Like I knew mm-hmm. Jesus as a person. I knew God. I knew about the like Trinity and the cross and salvation and grace. Like I knew all the buzzwords, but I had never been discipled. I had never really been walked through how that actually impacts my life, what that actually means for me. Um, And so in high school, uh, I started settling into this real conflict of, I want to be a good person, but these people that aren't being good people are my friends. They're the ones that are cool with me. They're the ones that like me. And so I didn't know where to land with that. And that actually is like, we'll go into like our marriage and like we met in high school but that actually was a thing like i remember trying to convince eddie because i was a good girl trying to like bring people to church i remember telling eddie that i was like you should come to church and they're like they don't like me like that was a thing and you're just like i'd rather be with and like he knew a lot of bible he could fight me and like have theological things but like you would never feel you never felt accepted yeah when i would invite you and i was like no that's not true and it was like it was very interesting yeah and so i had kind of come to a conclusion that i realized was passed down from my parents which was um god is good the church is unaccepting and so Hmm. don't church because they're not going to like you you're you're not good enough for the church but god's fine so just try your best and he'll be okay right and as long as Hmm. i try my best God will give me that stamp of approval. I'll make it into heaven and everyone's good, right? I'll kind of cash in my ticket. And that's pretty much my like religious identity for a while was just, I'm a Christian because I try my best. Mm-hmm. And um, late in high school, my senior year of high school, my dad had gotten arrested and his response to getting arrested was, we got to go back to church. And I think in his mind, he was like, I got to make God happy because I don't want to go to church. <laughs> and so we went back to church and my dad, uh, young, like early, early, early years, years prior, um, had gone through, like he had done some the- theological studies. He had talked about maybe being a pastor one day, which is where I got some of my biblical knowledge and where I had gotten like my understanding of a lot of um like theology, but uh, like I said, we all kind of walked away from it. And so church hadn't been a thing for, you know, eight years or something like that. Um, And so my dad had just taken a complete right turn in his life and um, eventually got arrested. And when we started going back to church, one of the first things the church did was gave him Friday nights to preach. It was, it was something that made no sense to me at the time. And what I saw was a bunch of hypocrisy. I saw pastors mm. correcting people doing things themselves. I saw my dad preaching on Friday, but Saturday through Thursday, his life was not anything he was preaching. I mm. saw my mom not really being led well. I saw her not being taught that she was loved. I saw just yeah i just saw a lot of hypocrisy and then the acceptance that i was getting was very like 
circumstantial. Like I would be accepted mm -hmm. because my dad was the preacher, but it wasn't really an acceptance of me. No one wanted to be my friend. No one wanted to get to know me, but like, like my dad was preaching. So, and he was cool. And so it was like, yeah, yeah. Like Eddie's cool too. And so I kind of was like, yeah, this is dumb. Like I, I kind of <laughs> resorted right back to my original belief of like the church. I don't want anything to do with the church. God is fine. Mm -hmm. And I went through college and decided, like, I want to see from myself. Like, let me read this, see what Jesus is talking about. And I remember being in church one day, going through this season and praying, like, God, what if someone could preach clearly, preach this stuff that I'm actually reading and love people well? Because that's what I wasn't seeing. Mm -hmm. I heard some really cool sermons, but I didn't see a lot of love. And then I saw people who were trying to love, but didn't really root themselves in scripture. And so I was like, what if there was people that did that <laughs> vote? <laughs> like, what if? And um, God was basically like, well, why don't you do that? Why don't you learn my word? Why don't you love people well? Why don't you don't pursue that life? And I was like, nah, man, I don't know if you've met me. I don't know if you know me. I'm not your poster <laughs> child. Like, I'm not good enough, right? Like, I'm not hitting these markers. And so I took the fast lane into like partying and going to college. And and I had actually gotten into an argument with my dad about this, calling out some of that hypocrisy. And that turned into a huge fight, what kicked me out of my house and so, or out of the house. And so I ended up on campus at college as a result. Deep, like my friends were partying. These are the guys that accept me. So I'm in, I'm partying. Um, you know, sleeping with people, I'm just going nuts. And the whole time, the Holy Spirit is like, you know, you don't want this. Like, mm -hmm. you don't know yet what you want, but you know, this doesn't fill you. You know, this doesn't satisfy. And so I'm just falling into this weird depression. And by this time, I know Miriam, Miriam's kind of tug of warring me back into church, but I don't want to go to her church. Yeah. I'm like, I don't agree with the theology that they're preaching, but I don't know where to go. And by the grace of God, one of my uh, bosses um, at, at at a job I had on campus was Christian. And uh, she had told me about Netcast and I had went mm -hmm. to Netcast. And I was very like, they had a welcome team. And I was like, don't talk to me. I don't know you, I'm not <laughs> sitting with everybody. Like I'm sitting off to the side. But there was just something about like, these people seem like they are trying, like they know some Bible, they are trying. And um, my senior year of college, I had reached this point where I was like, I'd gone to school for business. I was convinced I was gonna be a millionaire. And uh, <laughs> I just realized like this pursuit of this is so empty. Like yeah. I'm pursuing work, I'm pursuing, you know, unhealthy relationships, I'm pursuing, um, partying and drinking and just the lifestyle doesn't cash out and so i just got into this moment that was like god if you're real i just need to know and that's a moment that i can only describe as like a hug from a father uh, i just had this peace in my soul that came over me and at that point i was like i'm in like mm. if you say church is good for me if you say community is good for me i'm in if you say i need to serve i'm serving um, tithing took a little <laughs> bit longer. I'm not going to lie, but there were these disciplines, uh, there were these disciplines that I was like, man, I'm just, I'm in, like, if your word says it, I'm in. And, and that really was the start of like 
yeah, I'm, my whole life is changing now. Mm. Yeah. And how, how, a bunch of, like people discipling you meant like just good. Rich, you're cutting yeah. out. Yep. Yep. It's, uh, uh, go ahead. Keep going, uh, Miriam. No, I was just saying, um, he had a lot of men, um, disciple him, like a lot of men from that cast. And I think that's definitely also what catapulted him. Mm -hmm. Um, which is really helpful, just had a good community. Um, and people, again, he, that's what he desired, to see people actually walk in faith and like also preach what they say and stuff like that. And I think that was really helpful and healing for him to see. Yeah, it was a complete 180. And now being a Christian and understanding how God can redeem your story, I look back and I just see God woven throughout all of the turmoil and all of the struggle to get to that point early in life where it's like, this doesn't cash out. And then seeing like God whispering scripture and whispering theology and whispering himself into my life and into my heart so that when it came time that I was in, it was like just people pointing me in the direction. And I was like, yeah, I'm in. Like, I get it, you know? Yeah. And how, how old are you then when you were uh, kind of came to that point? 21. So I was 18 when we started going back to church and I was like, yeah, I want to accept Jesus, but like this church thing isn't, it's not going to work for me. Right. And so I'll just kind of do it on my own. Yeah. Um, and then 21, when it was, that was that moment of like, I don't, I don't care what anyone else says. If the scripture says it's good, I'm, I'm in. Yeah, it's good. And when, when were you in college then? I was graduating college. Yeah. And where did, where did you graduate from? I went to Salem State University, so right in Salem, Mass, where it all began. Okay. <laughs> all right. And um, are you uh, are you both about the same age? Yeah. yeah. Um, I turned 30 this year. She just turned 29. Okay. So um, you were, uh, uh, Miriam, you were in high school, uh, became, you know, kind of understood it all, went to Gordon, which is a Christian school there in Massachusetts. And uh, you you're, you've been off. You knew each other. Uh, but you uh, yeah. went went off to uh, uh, Salem and then uh, came, you know, to this understanding. And now you're graduating. And I, I'm assuming then, Miriam, you were probably then. Were you were you still in college then? Um, I was. I was going to North Shore at this time because okay. Gordon's a little too expensive. So yeah. I had taken just one year at Gordon, um, and I went to North Shore to just kind of do my studies. Um, but I was also working, so it, it was the shift of becoming a full-time student to becoming a full-time worker and kind of part-time student. Okay. Because um, I ended up, because again my mother left, um, so I ended up moving with my cousin, and it kind of catapulted me into like adulthood at that time too. Yep. So <laughs> you're you're both believers, uh, uh, and it, how did you then come together uh, to where you started dating each other and decided to get married? Yeah. You want me to share? <laughs> yeah. We have to condense though. So uh yeah, this is this this one's a little longer. Um we met in high school, uh my junior year of high school. My I had year. yeah, her sophomore year. I had a class with her cousin. Mm -hmm. Um ironically, uh I wanted to date her cousin, which is how I got invited to her <laughs> Um and that kind of fizzled out. Her and her her cousin and I became good friends. Um, but Miriam saw this like bad boy persona. The moment and... I met him, I was like, I remember when my cousin and she goes, no, right. <laughs> um, 
no, he's cocky. Like, yeah. look at his demeanor. Like, I was like, oh. I like, remember rolling my eyes and I'm like, this isn't good. <laughs> yeah, find you a wife that calls you out. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but yeah, so we become friends. Uh, so her cousin and I are, are hanging out a ton and, and we've just kind of resolved into a friendship. And um, Miriam's constantly being pulled into our hangouts yeah. begrudgingly. My cousin is my best friend and also the cousin that um, I would go to church with families and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. wherever she went, I went as well. And so I, I literally was pulled. I remember one phone call. There was a three way that I didn't know. She goes, we should hang out. And I was like, okay. And then I just hear Eddie in the back. He's like, all right, am I picking you up? And I'm like, who's that? <laughs> I was like, I don't want to hang out. Um, so yeah, but over time hanging out with each other, I kind of saw the genuineness of Miriam yeah. and Miriam saw that like the bad boy thing was me trying to figure life out. Yeah. And so we kind of started to get close, become our own friends, mm -hmm. completely platonic at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and really just fell in love with a friendship yeah. uh, that we had. And then in college, uh, like I had said, I had a really um poor understanding of the value of friendship and so everything was like i need your help I, I need you to do this i need i need i need um and miriam was very giving and so it almost became like a codependent friendship where it was like mm. i i need because i'm going through all this stuff and miriam's there at the drop of a hat um, but then Miriam starts wrestling with like, man, I'm kind of falling for this kid mm -hmm. and he's not the guy that I, he doesn't, he's not mature enough, right? Yeah. Like he's not the guy <laughs> I know he could be. I did the whole girl thing that but... I'm like, I see a lot of potential. So we were platonic for like a really long time. <laughs> and, um, and I think, I think because Eddie had mentioned earlier that like, he didn't see a lot of longevity, even in friendships. So like, I remember there was a time that he's like, yeah, this friendship is going to fizzle out. And I was like, no, it's not like, I'm good at keeping friends. Like it's not going to fizzle out. We just need to be intentional. Um, and we can like still be friends and stuff like that. And I just remember he didn't have a lot of like, like he just didn't see it happening. So I think that motivated me more that I was like, no, 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 I'm gonna show you what a good friend is. And I also felt that, that I was like, I want to show you what a good friend is. Um, sticking it through in like different seasons and that's okay if we don't talk all the time like we're still friends mm -hmm. um and he, during college specific, specifically during like the time that you had your fight with your dad um was the time that he was going through a really rough patch and like i was just there but that also was the time that like i haven't i i never really like allowed like i never had a boyfriend at that time and like, i never had my first kiss so i didn't allow myself to like fall for a lot of guys like it, it just wasn't a thing and that, and I remember when Eddie was going through a really rough time, I actually have a video of it. I remember going through, he was going through a really rough time and I remember praying and crying cause like my heart was breaking cause he was hurting. And I remember mm. this instant of like this moment of like, oh snap, like I'm crying for a boy. Like I'm like, I'm not crying because <laughs> I'm crying for a boy. Like I must really care about him. And then that was the kind of epiphany that I had that I was like, oh my God, like I, I think I like him. I was like, oh my God, okay. So like it was that kind of realization and like, I started liking him and then I also again I did the girl thing of like I saw a lot of potential in him and I was like he knows bible he's just wrestling and trying to run away from the church but like the lord's got him and but I definitely try to do the whole like holy spirit thing that I was like let me just keep pulling you to try to come to church and do it like on my own timing and things like that and it just it wasn't good yeah so um I I had always held her emotionally at arm's length mainly because I felt the guilt of knowing like you're you are a great person and i don't know that i 
<laughs> will treat you well enough, yeah. right? Mm. Like I born this guilt of, I know I'm not a great boyfriend. Right. I know I'm not a great friend. I don't know how to be, but I know I'm not. And I don't want to, uh, yeah, I don't want to damage you. Mm. Like, I, I don't want to do that. And so I'd always held her at emotional arm length, which is super frustrating for her. Yeah. Um, but, and so this created like, it was a flirtatious friendship now, but like, like still no access and, you know, and it, mm. it really complicated the codependency and all that just added all this complexity to our friendship. And yeah. um, Miriam had felt uh, called to move to Texas. Um, and I was at this time really starting to mature and starting to be discipled and poured into and really accepting Christ. And um, Miriam was leaving and it was kind of like Miriam was in, in a lot of ways that I didn't know at the time was my anchor um my emotional anchor but then also like the one person that i fully trusted to be vulnerable with like like i'm wrestling with this in in the bible or like i'm struggling with x y and z uh, with god and like understanding this and my friend was leaving and it re-triggered some of that old stuff of like well if you're leaving then we're never going to talk again um so it's mm -hmm. dead the relationship dead It'll the never, insecurities it'll never of it all yeah yeah and um Miriam was kind of like, look, I'm tired of playing these games. I've told you I like you uh, and you don't like me or whatever you complicated brain thinks. So I'm going to go and do the thing I think God's called me to do. I wish you the best. And if you need anything, I'm here. But like, I got to go. Yeah. And so she left and I had tried dating uh, a couple of people. And I realized every time I dated, it was just like I would have never said it out loud. But it was like, you're not Miriam. Like wow. and, and what I was pointing to was like, you're not the friend. Like you, I care about you, but you aren't the friend that I already had, right? Like I'm not longing for it. I already had it. And so when that happened, I was like, all right. Uh, oh, and uh, because God works in mysterious ways, my mom was moving to Texas, probably 40 minutes from where yes. she lived at the time. <laughs> Sixteen uh, in October, she moved in 2017. In August. In August. And so my mom calls me and is like, "Hey, can you help me move?" And I'm like, "Oh, I got a friend there. I gotta call her. I gotta see how she's doing." And we had texted. We had kind of stayed in touch, but it wasn't anything. Yeah. Um. And so I went down and I saw her, and it was like the minute we saw each other, it was like, "Oh my gosh." Yeah. Like I love Miriam. Yeah. Miriam we uh, we actually are at the yeah. uh, end of this session, so we'll, we we're gonna pick it up with, I love Miriam. That's <laughs> yeah. that's good. We'll we'll yeah. see uh, you know what happened from that point, but uh, uh, what a what a cool, uh, amazing thing that got orchestrated uh, mm -hmm. to get you yeah. in the same, yeah. at the same place. You know, with with the history you had. So we we're gonna pick this up uh, next week actually uh, with the next session, but we want to find out. Um, after you came together, then um, what attracted you to then be, you know, decide to get married and then your journey of, of walking with God. And uh, it's uh, it's fun. It's fun just to hear the whole, st whole story. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's pretty cool. So thank you so much for sharing. And uh, Kathy, we'll pick this up again uh, next week. Sounds great. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Be sure to tune in next week and hear the rest of everything. This is an amazing yep. couple. Yep, it's beautiful. <laughs> Have a great day. All right. Thanks. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. 
brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.